Welcome back, beautiful people, to another episode of Listen Carefully. I am your host, Jen, and I am so glad to be here today. Today, we're going to be diving into the personality patterns to find out and to build awareness and to wake up to the different ways in which we handle and deal with patterns that we subscribe to. So sort of the lens that we take on and what we move through the world with while we experience challenges, problems, conflicts, because every single one of us, no matter if we're a child, an adolescent, a teen, an adult in our elderly phases of development, no matter where we fall on the spectrum, we will always be experiencing the stressors of life. So we get to notice how we show up in life and know that it's not about our personality necessarily of who we really are, but more so of the patterns that we subscribe to and what feels comfortable to us in a state of stress where we can then make ourselves feel safe, safe to know that we are taken care of, safe to know that we have some illusion or sense of control or a sense of agency or power within ourselves. So when we figure out these ways to deal, and when we figure out that they actually change as we grow, we can notice the evolution within ourselves. We can notice the cycles within our own lives where we are noticing, oh, yes, this is my tell. Oh, this is my trigger. Oh, every time around this time of the year, or maybe around this type of date, these are the patterns that I I exhibit, you know, and and getting to those wounds, those deeper wounds that are beneath, right? Like the worthiness wound, the self-worth of, am I enough as I am? I don't have to perform. I don't have to achieve. I don't have to reach this level of like, okay, I'm enough now, you know, rather more so coming into that acceptance of, wait, I am enough because I exist. Wait, I am enough because I've already arrived. I'm already here. Let me be confident enough in that to apply myself further so I can be my best version of self moving forward. So anytime we experience something upsetting, frightening, frustrating, terrifying, scary, sad, just anything that really off puts our nervous system into overwhelm where we are kind of knocked off of our center, those are the feelings that our body can feel and interpret. And so the question becomes, what can one do to try to feel safer? How are we going to get ourselves to safety in that sense of fight or flight or in that sense of overwhelm? And usually, yes, we fight, we flight, we freeze or we fawn or people please to gain that love and acceptance. But ultimately that, that safety raft is what we're really going for. And as children, we observe our environment through our senses. So You've heard me say this before, children taking the world through sensation and feeling their sense of time is not linear the way that it's been programmed within us. It's more in cycles. So when the sun rises, when the sun falls, you know, the way the structure of the day goes, the routine of the day, maybe the routine of the moment. And as children, we see what others are doing. We notice the patterns that they are running, right? Like we pick up on these things from a very subconscious level. We pick up on this. We notice what others are doing to feel safer. And in a way we take note of what works. This again can be on an unconscious level, but we notice 
what patterns work for people and what frequencies are running in the background of people's lives so that we know what to do when we need to feel safer too. Most of what we learn is through what we um, have modeled to us. So like different people experiencing repetition and pattern in their own lives that have been mirrored from their family systems, just notice, right? Just see how this relates. You know, you could be in a pattern and your parent or caregiver could have a similar pattern or your sibling could have a similar pattern. It's not to say that it's too much different from your personality, but just notice where things start to blend. Notice where different patterns have overlapped. Because what's modeled to us through our mirror neurons when we subscribe to these different ways of being, when the unconscious becomes conscious, we can shift through our awareness. It's like the quote that says, you know, we're going to start to see things as fate until we bring the unconscious to the conscious. That can be through dream work. That can be through building awareness, breath, all different kinds of ways. It's going to actually bring our nervous system into the rest and digest. So if something works for us, it doesn't mean it's healthy, but all it really means is we're getting that need, that core need met. If it's working for us, our need is being met. And we can continue the pattern. If it works, if we didn't die, the brain's going to see it as if we didn't die, it was a success. So we'll just keep that in mind to, okay, like I'll continue that pattern because any safety strategy is going to require us to rely on our own talents as we grow up in our families. Any of these roles that we play with parts work, right? In our families and friendships and social circles and community resources, all of these parts and pieces of us under distress will come on when we're feeling that distress. And as an infant, you can't fight back. You can't jump up and run away. You can't tell people, stop it, right? You don't have that agency as an infant because the energy shifts in your body and that shifts the attention. And so what you do have in your power is to cry out, right? You cry out for help. You cry out for assistance. Infants rely on that hope and trust that their needs will be met in order to survive. There is a level of hope and trust that we're going to get fed, that we're going to get rocked, that we're going to get taken care of. And notice how that mirrors in your adult life now. How safe do you feel in this world? That's all going to show you and tell you how safe you felt as an infant on an unconscious level. If you're not feeling safe in your nervous system as an adult, that's going to give you an indication of your level of safety within your nervous system that you experienced directly as an infant. It's very, very powerful stuff. And energy always follows where the attention is. So when you put your attention on your safety and when you know that you're held, when you know that you're taken care of, when you know that all of these ways you're projecting insecurities of not feeling safe, if you can know that on a deeper level of, oh, I'm in my pattern right now. Oh, I see how I'm manipulating this situation. Oh, I see how I'm seeking for control because if I perceive I have control, that's going to satisfy my need for safety. Oh, cool. Got it. Right. This is very much a lens of I'm going to build my awareness and I'm not going to judge myself for it because that would be even more painful. Why would I want to throw myself under the bus 
when I'm already in pain, experiencing symptoms of patterns, right? So when you're in the womb, one of the very few tools that you have to do something about any type of stress in your system is to move your awareness so that it doesn't feel so bad, right? What are our choices? We learn this from that young age. And more so when we're in the womb, we don't really know that we're separate yet from our mother because our mother already meets every single one of our needs when we're in there. It's never a thought. It's never, there's never any contrast around that. There's never that question. There's not even that reach for help to ask for what we need because it's already met. It's not until we come out into the world that we realize, oh, we can't do this alone. And actually it requires more than just one of us to get here, right? You needed both of your parents to be here. They couldn't even bring you into this world alone. So not only can you not do it alone, right? And when we say it takes a village, you know, it takes a village to also create. So what can you do with your awareness when your system is under stress? Well, first and foremost, you can move the energy away from your body, or you can move the energy away from the person that's upsetting you. And this is what Steven Kessler says is the leaving pattern. So anytime you move energy away from your body, it's like leaving. This might look like quitting, giving up, walking away, right? Like I'm out, I'm out. If something's hard, done, peace, bye. Don't, don't come find me unless it's easy, right? Leaving. And that can be interpreted or internalized as abandonment. Another way that we can move the energy or move the awareness is to move it, move the awareness toward the other person. And this is what Stephen Kessler calls the merging pattern. So this is where you kind of deflect, avoid, um, you know, sort of hot potato, push it on to the other person and try to have someone else metabolize the problem for you. Here, you figure this out. Another option is to move the awareness inward. So if I pull the awareness inward and send it down through my body or down into the ground, through grounding, through this heaviness, you know, sluggishness, dense, very dense portal, this is what Stephen Kessler calls the enduring pattern. So we're enduring. Another option is to pull it up through your body and send it out in the front or around you. And this is what Stephen Kessler calls the aggressive pattern. So this could be um, like yelling, you know, all of these things that have us feeling safer. It's always, all of these options are always an attempt to create safety within our nervous system. And then the final pattern is to constrict the flow of energy through your body, to stifle the energy that's wanting to move. And this is what Stephen Kessler refers to as the rigid pattern. So from all of these schools of thought, he kind of boils it down to five personality patterns, leaving, merging, enduring, aggressive, and rigid. And by the way, he has a book that really breaks this all down very well and much into detail. If you're further interested in learning more, it's called the five personality patterns. It's quite lovely. And basically if something hurts you, right? The way that you protect is your pattern comes online. 
And you can always turn down the volume in theory. You can have yourself, allow yourself experience the hurt less by leaving, right? You can cry out for help by merging or by reaching. You can go into hiding by enduring. You can tighten those muscles into rigid. You might also have tight or obsessive mind or, you know, tight or obsessive beliefs or that fighting against that pushback, right? That aggressive, that needing to show your agency, show your power. And if you want to change the world, right? You get to start by helping people feel safer. How do you start by helping people feel safer? You start by feeling safer yourself. You start by creating safety in your own nervous system. That is how you get to help others feel safe as you show them the way first. You lead, they follow, especially if you are a caregiver or a parent for children. You must walk through first. And I was just reflecting on this. I think this is one of my big passions and one of the reasons I love to go first so much is that this is a big theme in my life. I am the firstborn in my family and I'm actually the only firstborn in my family. So both of my parents are middle children and my brother Carl's in the middle and my brother Owen is the youngest. So actually Owen and I are the only ones in the family who have different roles than everyone else. And Carl and my parents all have that middle role. So they, not that they have that bond around it, but there is that unconscious set of beliefs that comes with being the monkey in the middle, you know? And then of course, Owen and I are the bookends and that those roles got reversed pretty quickly. Um, he didn't want to be the youngest and he gave me that role when we were both little. And so now I've touched into both roles in a weird way, um, because, you know, different life events, different stages of development, you know, I've had the, the pleasure to feel what it's like to be the oldest. And then in certain moments, the youngest or, based on developmental trauma, feeling the youngest, you know, feeling still like a kid or stuck in different developmental stages. So the key here is when we build the safety, the safety must come with security, trust, and openness because patterns are not who we really are. We can always subscribe or unsubscribe. We can always challenge our beliefs by asking ourselves, who would I be without this pattern? Who would I be without it? I would still be somebody without it. So who would that be? And not to to have to have a simple answer, not that we need to come up with something simple, but it's so valid. It's, we get to question that. Yeah. Who would we be without it? Let's tickle our minds. Let's see what we really could be. Let's just let that land. Let's let it simmer. And let's think of the unthinkable in ways where we haven't challenged ourselves before. So Rather than what we do to try to feel safer, we never have to identify with each pattern. Rather, we rather we see ourselves as using these two to three strategies or coping mechanisms when there is too much stimuli in our environment, when we are feeling scared and overwhelmed, when we are unable to process and needing that safety, craving it, needing it so desperately. And everyone had a different level of what they were needing to feel safe. So if I exhibit the same pattern as someone else, I may need a different level of a need to feel safe. That's always going to vary depending on the person. 
So let's get into the leaving pattern. I most identify with the leaving and the enduring, but notice where you find yourself and you may find yourself in all of them, which is totally fine too. So the leaving pattern for safety when feeling stressed, when things get difficult, the leaving pattern, you may leave your body, you may leave the room, you may leave the situation, you may leave what feels troubling and upsetting because highly sensitive income, highly sensitive people handling incoming stimuli that's increasing can feel like we just need to get out of it. And another part of the leaving pattern could amplify the connection between different dimensions and the connection between creativity and other realms. So we see the leaving pattern happening in people who are original thinkers and innovators and sensitive to the psychic astral material. And the merging pattern. So one might be in the merging pattern and they may be experiencing that they have a problem, that it hurts and that they can't stop it. You do it for me. Help me figure it out. It's that reaching out for help, that crying out for help, that asking for help, really referencing other people and how they're feeling rather than resourcing and sourcing self. So knowing how others feel possibly before they do, or taking the temperature in the room of others to sort of monitor and know where, where to go, what to shift, how to change. And then the enduring pattern. So pulling that energy in and going down into the ground. So as a child, this might look like losing the fights with mom and dad or caregiver, asserting your own will to be separate. Like, no, I do it myself. I do it on my own. Your own way needs to be executed because if you're feeling that punishment or feeling that humiliation, you're going to have that desire to assert your own will. So it could also look like burying the energy. It could look like no self-expression and just that, you know, Eeyore type sluggish grounded earth, strong, silent type, you know, um, for support, nourishment, connection, and waits for the storm to blow over. And also you can't make me when feeling that overpowered and that diplomatic approach and the aggressive pattern, blasting others into submission. There could be a giant flow of energy blasted onto others when there's this feeling of overwhelm and confusion and disorientation, really overpowering others, being loud and really feeling this need to feel seen and to feel heard might even look like interrupting, um, This is like a large energy happening. And this in childhood is devastating to a child who feels like they cannot be contained, right? Parents get to hold the boundaries with love. And for a child who feels like they cannot be contained, this can feel isolating. This can feel lonely internally to feel as though you are bigger than your caregivers. And with that energy of your caregivers being clueless, you know, it can feel burdensome. No wonder you want to project that energy outward to feel safer. When we get really big, when we get really loud, that's when everybody rushes in for connection. makes total sense. And then we have the rigid pattern, referencing rules outside of who you are versus who you are and what do you want? You know, challenging the rules versus complying and not questioning, right? 
It can be feeling constricted inside so that you don't feel as much. If everything's tight, there's not really room to notice what the constriction and the letting go can feel like to bring that breath there. It can be hard to even notice the contrast when there's so much constriction, when everything feels so intense, so close up. And in childhood, this can be a focus on the child's performance or what we would call the child's surface rather than their heart, rather than what's beneath the surface, rather than their internal landscape, the ability to imagine, the ability ability to source that, that imagination so freely, there may not be access to it. And so people in the rigid pattern in childhood might've learned to disregard their own essence, their own flavor, their own unique touch, their own spark. And so this rigid pattern comes through when perfectionist parts are validated. So anything like manners, grammar, grades, awards, achievements, basically anything of, you know, this achieving way instead of being yourself. So you start to perform yourself and then you forget who you really are and could be successful in classical terms, but it actually might be hard to connect with others while your heart is offline. So who you are in your essence through your presence, which is that deeper level than what your structured mind knows, often others can see us this way more clearly than we can even see ourselves. And like the patterns that lay on top of these layers are for our best effort attempted protection. We're human. And we're super impressionable. And so we have to have that level of compassion for ourselves that the way that we got here is the same way we can make changes if we so choose. And I love this example that says a teacher is a problem that you can't seem to get away from. I always think of it as there must be more to learn here if it keeps coming up. So we learn through experience. That is life we cannot avoid. Sometimes school gives us the illusion we can get out of something like that just by doing, right? But we have to have the being and we can thank our patterns because our patterns literally give us practice. And the more it comes up, there's more to learn. If we don't conquer the pattern, there'll be more to learn in the next, the next time it comes through and it'll come through in a different flavor in a different way because the universe is unlimited. The universe is abundant right? Even if you have the belief that there is lack, you will get an abundance of lack because the universe is abundant. So you're always going to have ways to learn. It's going to be beautiful. And then of course, to incorporate the shadow, we can consider spirituality or a spiritual practice. We could consider it as a psychological defense, right? Are our spiritual practices keeping us in our patterns, or do they help us build awareness and challenge us to become better versions of ourselves? If we know where we're starting, we know where we're headed. We can keep track of ourselves and keep ourselves accountable along the way rather than falling into our spiritual practices as ways of staying stuck, which takes awareness, right? We can go deep places in our spiritual practices. We can have integration. We can have our inner states blown away. We can visit otherworldly things. We can have different ways of being that come through and come out of it. But nothing will kick up your unconscious, young, vulnerable material faster than being needed. 
right? Falling in love with somebody that actually needs you, right? And so our character structure patterns that we subscribe to, we get to notice is our favorite spiritual practice really just reinforcing our pattern, right? The example that Stephen Kessler gives is a monk that's away from people, right? He's got an undisturbed inner world and that way nothing new happens. You don't have to have those challenges that the universe may present, right? And in a way that can be seen as manipulation of, oh yeah, you're not like out there learning, right? So I think a way to counterbalance it or a way to challenge it is continue putting yourself in new situations, continue trying new things. See if you can get past the mental structured mind of, oh yeah, I already know how this is going to go. Right. We can always challenge the structured mind. We can always put ourselves outside of our comfort zone, even if it's a small, little micro move, right. We'll always have that availability to us. And it's up to us how fast we want to evolve and grow and change and be and do. We pick the pace. The world meets us. We command, we demand, right? We decide through our energy and action and the world meets us. That's how it works. So I want to leave you with this. Is it possible to choose a spiritual practice that reinforces your presence versus your safety strategy pattern under stress? Stay curious. Let's not be strict. Let's not judge because we're human and we can tend to be the hardest critic on ourselves. We're here to build awareness. We're here to open and to expand. And one of my favorite ways is through the breath. The breath will always deepen me into my own personal power. I love that tool because it's such a great tool that everyone already accesses, everyone already uses, but maybe not on a conscious level. And we can always meet our breath exactly where we are. Through breath work, we can anchor in our intentions. We can anchor in our goals. We can anchor in what we want out of each day, each moment, each process, each month, the way that we digest our weeks, however we want to process it. So I'll challenge you to exercise a part of you that is not so well-developed. Is there a pattern that feels stronger or a side of you that you would like to develop farther or to give yourself that challenge? Um, See what happens, see what compares, because here is the secret being a beginner. It's like the fool in the deck of tarot, like being the beginner mindset is always going to maximize your growth, no matter what you're up to. There's always room to learn more things. You can always start anew, but challenge yourself. Where do you allow yourself to be a beginner? Where do you protect yourself from being a beginner? And where does it feel challenging? Where does it threaten all of your core wounds? Take note, keep track. I would love to hear about it. Let me know in the comments what you thought, how you're feeling, and what your patterns are. Okay. I hope you have a beautiful day. Take good care. I love you all. See you.